0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'll try again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice to get some feedback, you know, so you know that you know you're, 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 you're not on your own. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Stuff is falling down here. Linda's making a ruckus. Everybody look at her. they will make it real comfortable. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> we love you, Linda. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Yeah. Praise the Lord. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited about what I have to share with you. Hallelujah! I'm going to talk about prayer tonight. Hallelujah. The Lord has been kind of, uh, you know, talking to me a little bit about prayer, stirring some things up that I haven't thought about in a while. You know, we all need that. Yeah. Hallelujah. We need the stirring up, you know, and we need to heed his voice when he does. You know, he, can, he, can, he, he tries a lot of times, I think, and, and, and I, I, I'm not... Sometimes the quickest, you know, so he tries again. You know, aren't you glad he never gives up on you? Praise the Lord. Marvin Yoder, good to see you. Praise the Lord. Marvin. Oh, no, it's Yoder, though. Leland. Leland. All right, praise the Lord. You don't even look alike. I know, I remember that, so there's grace for me in this regard. All right, praise the Lord. It's just so good to see Brian's dad here with us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk about prayer, and I'm going to talk about <clears throat> prayer that is not necessarily just for you and the plan of God for your life, even though we'll get into that as well, but it's going to be praying for others. Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's good for us not to think about ourselves all the time, but actually think about somebody else. Hallelujah. And, uh, and uh, people need prayer. Did you know that? And you know, what you sow to, you reap from. And so the thing is that when you give yourself to bless others, when you give your life to bless others, you really don't have to worry too much about your own. (laughs) Because when you do the Lord's bidding and you care for somebody else, then he's going to make sure you're okay. I think it's like in Matthew, is it 6.33 or something? Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So then you don't have to chase those things that actually be added unto you and it's a whole lot easier. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we're going to Thank you, Jesus. He is in the house. Hallelujah. Praise the... <laughs> Genesis chapter 18. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Uh, we're going we're to look at what Abraham did. Uh, you know, Abraham, he, 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 he stood in the gap for Sodom and Gomorrah, which was a pretty, uh, pretty rowdy place, you know. And uh, I'm going to read out of the NLT because it's got, you know, English that is a little bit easier to understand for us. Instead of, you know, I could have read the old King Jimmy, but, you know, then half of us wouldn't understand what we were saying. And so I'm going to do the New Living, and I, I kind of pick and choose those, you know, a little carefully because they're not always perfectly accurate. And so, but, I mean, I think this will get a point across point across that I'm trying to make here so I'm going to start in verse 1 and I'm going to read quite a bit here so just hang hang in there with me they have the NLT on the screen as well so I'm going to start in Genesis 18 verse 1 the Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre one day Abraham was sitting at the entrance of his tent during the hottest part of the day he looked up and noticed three men standing nearby when he saw them he ran to meet them and welcomed them bowing low to the ground My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you've said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour and eat it into dough and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat and he served it to the men. And as they ate, Abraham waited, waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where is Sarah, your wife, the visitors asked, she's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year and your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, How could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, No, you did laugh. (laughs) And so... I just kind of wanted to read more than just the passage that I was look. We're going to look at a little bit more in depth here, um, just because it's good to get the whole picture. You know, here Abraham he 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 recognizes that this is the Lord. You know, and these are angels, and 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 he recognizes it. And he is just he's he's hurries he shows he honors their presence. You know, and he and and anyhow, and I think that's it's it's just good for us to. Read a little more than than just one, one sentence or two. Let's keep on going. Verse 16. Then the men got up from their meal and looked out towards Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Should I hide my plan from Abraham, the Lord asked? For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I am going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. The other men turned and headed towards Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. And Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why? You would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same. Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, If I find fifty righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, Since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am but dust and ashes. Suppose there are only forty-five righteous people rather than fifty. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five righteous people there. Then Abraham pressed his request further. Suppose there are only 40. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of the 40. Please don't be angry, my Lord, Abraham pleaded. Let me speak. Suppose only 30 righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. Then Abraham said, since i have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only 20. And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of the 20. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose only 10 are found there. And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way, and Abraham returned to his tent. Hallelujah. (laughs) Abraham stood in the gap for Sodom and Gomorrah. And did did you notice that the Lord was listening to him? We know the end story. He couldn't find ten righteous there. He got the righteous out, and then judgment came on the cities. But Abraham is called the father of faith, isn't he? Yeah. And so he is, a, he is a type of what we should be doing for the lost world around us. You know, when was the last time you found somebody in your neighborhood that you know don't know God, and you got on your knees and you cried out to God for their soul? You know, Kenneth e. Hagin has a book called The Art of Prayer, and I would encourage you to read it at, at, at some point if you have time. And in that book, he says, he says, there's some people, he says, that will never be saved unless somebody takes up their case. Isn't that a sobering thought? They will go to hell if somebody does not pray for them. For that person, it will not be enough that they will just hear the gospel. Somebody actually has to get on their knees and stand in the gap for them. Wow. Wow. (laughs) in ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30 i'm reading out of the nlt again it says i looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land i searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so i wouldn't have to destroy the land but i found no one so now I'll pour out my fury on them, consuming them with the fire of my anger. I will heap on their heads the full penalty for all their sins. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. So we know we have a different dispensation. Now we're in the dispensation of grace. So, you know, th- th- there's going to be quite a bit of time for people, basically their whole lives, to repent, you know, before they will just go to hell, right? And sin will destroy their lives if they don't turn, but still there might be some time, but Somebody needs to stand in the gap, hallelujah, to hold back judgment until God has a chance to reach their heart. God is searching. You know, God is searching for people that are willing to think about others, that are willing to to actually lay down some of their time to think about the ones that are lost. The ones that are hurting, the ones that are bound so they can be set free. I'm telling you right now, there is a lack in the body of Christ of people that will be willing to do so, and I'm one of them. I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. And I'm just being honest with you. You know, because the Lord, you know, the Lord will, will he, he will deal with you in certain areas, and he will, but he will never make you do anything. Have you noticed that? But he will come and he will, he will move on you at certain times to pray. And I don't know the outcome of not heeding his voice, but I've done it too many times. I'm just being honest with you because, you know, I'm not going to stand here and look like I'm the one who's got it all together. No, 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 I'm a, I'm a work in progress. Progress is a key word. <laughs> I'm a piece of work, somebody told me. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, the Lord will impress on you. And I've touched that, you know, there's a place in God that you can touch when it comes to praying for other people. I've touched it at, at, at times. And it's like you know exactly how they feel. It's like you are there in their stead in front of God. And I remember the first time it happened, I didn't really know what to do about it. I was just so it's like, I know exactly how they feel. But I didn't really know how to pray it out, <laughs> you know, to, to to get a release. You know, but you learn, right? We learn these things, the things of the spirit that have to be, they have to be, you know, you have to walk them out. You have to, you know, heed the voice of the spirit, and then you 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 start to yield to him, and then you always check the word of God to see, you know, where, where am I? Is this in the Bible? Right? And if it's in the Bible, then you're on safe ground and you continue to yield to the Spirit of God, and He's gonna be able to use you to reach other people. And there's, there's, there's a work that needs to be done in prayer that, that, that hasn't gotten done. But we, we are entering a time now. Did, do you know Jesus is coming back here pretty quick? Okay, we don't know exactly the time and the hour, but we know it is approaching. It's like my dad, he used to say, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a roll of toilet paper. You start rolling it out, and the, the, faster, the closer it gets to the end, the faster it goes. And then suddenly, you're at the end. You know, and that's kind of how this is. You know, we're we're moving towards the end, and there's there are millions of people that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there are hundreds right around us, right here, that are lost. There are there are there are people around here that we are supposed to reach. Did you know that? It's within our sphere of influence, and it's our responsibility to reach them. A responsibility. And so part of prayer is <laughs> you're standing in the gap, but also a lot of times, I'm going to go to the other side of it, then if you don't spend time with the Lord, then he's not going to be able to get your attention to, to get to that place. You know what I'm saying? You know, we need to get to a place where we actually, we, 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 we get familiar with his voice. And that 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 comes from spending time with him, doesn't it? You know, it's like I don't have to, I don't have to wonder if that's the voice of my wife. I know her. I know her voice. Her voice is just it's clear as day. If she is around, I hear her. It's because I know her. We spend time together. I know her voice. It's the same with the Lord. It's the same with the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. The more time you spend with the Lord, the more time you spend in the Word and in prayer, the the, the clearer his voice is gonna be. And there are things that we're supposed to do, and I'm wondering which, which route I'm going to take right now, because there's two different ways I can go. Hallelujah. Let me go back. Let me get back to that thought later. Let me go to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 1 in the NLT again. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, "Once you were dead because you were disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. And all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. We used to live there." But thank God somebody pitched the gospel to us, right? So we heard the good news so we could get out of that confusion and that darkness. But that's what keeps people from the kingdom of God is confusion. They're in darkness. They can't see. You know, Jesus, he paid the price for everyone. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says he paid the price for the whole world in one go. So the price has been paid, but they are in darkness. And that's what we need to, we need to affect that darkness. And we do part of that in prayer. You know, because there are spirits and there are influences in areas. You know, I I noticed that actually when I came here to the United States for the first time. I recognized when I landed on American soil the freedom that is here. I, I sensed it on the inside. Why is that? Well, it's because there's a lot of prayer. The word of God has gone forth in this nation, probably more than any other nation on the planet. And it has brought light, it has pushed back darkness to a certain degree. There are, there are places in the in the nation that are darkened than others. Do you know that? Yeah. You can go out to some places on the east coast or the east coast or the west coast. It's like, am I looking north or south? <laughs> and yeah, so, but they're darker. Why? Lack of the gospel. Lack of people that are giving themselves to prayer. And then you see some, some places more in the Midwest and in the, in, in, in the South, much more. And it's lighter there. It's prayer. It's people that are giving themselves to prayer. You know, I was, I was just, I told pastor here, I was listening to Phil and Fern Halverson. You know, they used to be, they were mightily used in prayer. And I just got some, 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 some DVDs of them. You know, they're old, back from the 80s or something like that. Real poor quality. I Kind of have to lean in to hear what they're saying. You know, but, but, but I mean, they were used by God in prayer. And he said, you know, they just, they, they, it started by them just wanting to do more for God. They wanted to see more the results that they saw in Acts, that they saw in the Bible. So they started to giving themselves more to prayer. And they ask the Lord to use them. It starts with us. It starts with us making a move to be available, to be used by God. Because if we don't make ourselves available, then he, he can't use you, right? You have, to, you have to make a decision. Father, use me to help. Use me for your glory. Use me so that people can get to know you. And so they started giving themselves more to prayer, and then they started, you know, he said they started giving more to people and just being a blessing. And he said that, that they, he just started having, like, words of knowledge and stuff like that when he prayed, and he started to know stuff. And he started to get, like, real, really used by God in prayer. And, 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 and to pray for people that were uh, uh, <laughs> so many stories. And he said one time he was, he felt... Uh, uh, impressed to go down to New Orleans because there was a minister friend of theirs had a meeting and he felt that he needed to go because he needed to be there and pray. And he said on the plane, he said the principality that had the, the, the hold of that city of New Orleans, he said, he said I met him <laughs> in prayer. <laughs> and he was saying what he was doing in the city. And then the Holy Spirit on the inside of Phil said what God was going to do in the city. And they were going back and forth and back and forth. And he said that they went in to this meeting and he said he started praying and he said they had revival. It was a pastor who had had a church there and it, it had struggled for 10 years. But he said, he said, and, and there was a lot of pushback, a lot of stuff had gone wrong. I'm not going to go into detail, but it was, it was not good. He said, but, he said, now they had revival. And that I, I can't remember how many thousand that church ended up having, but my point is, there are, you know, the devil, he likes to have control. Yes, he does. And he gets control where people yield themselves to wickedness and to sin. But the only way that you can, you can change that is, of course, by the gospel, but there also needs to be a prayer part of it. Because we are supposed to work on behalf of God. Did you know that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> In 1 Timothy chapter 2, we know this very well. I'm going to read out of the NLT again. He says, I urge you, starting in verse 1, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. He says, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I have been chosen, a preacher, an apostle, to teach Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating, just telling the truth. There's one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. Well, he left, didn't he? He left the earth, and then he has something called his body that is still here in the earth. And we are supposed to do what he did when he was on the earth. We're supposed to be mediators to help usher people in to the kingdom of God. One more scripture that's going to back this up in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. I'm going to start in 14. I'm going to read out the rest of that chapter. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new, his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. You hear that? That's our task, to reconcile people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. This preach very good on its own. Hallelujah. He made us ambassadors for him. We're supposed to speak for him and we're supposed to plead with people, be reconciled to God. And that is with you, in you just sharing with your co-workers as well. But it's also in prayer. It is also in prayer. You're supposed to stand in the gap and plead their case. You know, I was just looking this up. What powers do an ambassador have? And there's some words here that I don't even know what they mean. But I'm going to read it anyhow. An ambassador's extraordinary plenipotentiary powers. So I have never heard that word before. But according to this, ambassadors are diplomats of, the, diplomats of the highest rank formally representing their head of state with plenipotentiary powers, which means full authority to represent the government. So you are an ambassador for Christ. So you have, and you speak on his behalf, not doing your own thing. People have gotten into a ditch doing their own thing. But when you speak on his behalf, you have his full power backing you up. So when you pray for somebody and the Holy Spirit takes hold of you, now there's some power behind this. And you will see when you take up somebody else's case, you will see when God takes hold of you, you'll see some stuff that you thought impossible come to pass. Never count anybody too far, there's nobody that is too far gone for God to reach them. Right. Never let anybody tell you, oh, it's too late, they're too, f-. no, there's no such thing. Hallelujah. God can do exceedingly, abundantly above anything that you could have asked for or imagined if you will yield to him. Hallelujah. You know, and that's sometimes where we get into a ditch is that, you know, we we can meditate on who we are in Christ. We can meditate on the fact that the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. So if you're not careful, if your mind is not rooted and grounded in in other aspects of the word, you you can lean over and think you're something. Your head can get big. I've seen a lot of people gotten there. When you, when you haven't walked with the Lord for a while and you get too much of that, you can get side heavy and get into the ditch. And then, you know, the devil, he can use that because, you know, pride, he likes that stuff. And so anyhow, but if you, will, if you will stay in the middle of the road, you know who you are. You know that you're an ambassador, a spokesperson for Jesus, somebody who's supposed to be moved by the Spirit of God. Now, hallelujah, you're safe. Because, you know, in our circles too, I think we're, we can also lean on, on, on the other side where we think that we can just, you know, we'll just speak. We know how faith works. Well, faith without relationship will crash. Did you know that? Faith without you knowing him, your faith should be, should be anchored in him. It should be anchored in your relationship with him, that he will never fail you. Hallelujah. Your faith is anchored in his faithfulness, in his character, in who he is. Now, hallelujah, you have faith. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. (laughs) Oh, he gave us the Holy Ghost. Aren't you thankful? Praise the Lord. So let's read another story here. We've read so much, we can read some more. I think the Bible is very good at what it does. You know, I could just read you scriptures, and in the NLT, it's really easy to get. So praise the Lord. In John chapter 5, and I'm going to read like 20 verses here in the NLT, so hang back and stay with me. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city near the Sheep's Gate was the Pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I had no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. They replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that, they demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus, Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. I just want to stop here for just a second before I read on. You know, this guy, he didn't even know it was Jesus. So this wasn't this man's faith, was it? No, No, this was was a, a divine visitation to this man. Hallelujah. Verse 16. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father. They were making himself equal with God. So Jesus explained, i tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the does, uh, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he's doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. So Jesus must have been praying and he must have seen this man get healed. Or he must have just walked by him and the Lord told him, tell him to get up and walk. Because he didn't do it on his own accord, right? He says, I only do what the Father shows me. And that's where we sometimes fail, is that we don't look to the Lord to see what he wants us to do. We act on, well, we saw this in the scripture. Yeah, but what does he ask, what does he tell you to do right now? I was just listening to the Halversons talk about they were over in Sweden, and they were at this, it's a high security uh, prison in Sweden, and they were in the psych ward. And the <laughs> said they said they, they didn't really, you know, they didn't know the language and so, and they were just, you know, they're on, a, on this Assemblies of God trip, and they just put them together in a team, and they ended up in the psych ward in this high-security prison. And, uh, and Fern said she was really uh, concerned about this whole deal, because she's like, I don't like to, to deal with, with, with people that have psychiatric problems, you know. She says, you know, it can take months or whatever, you know, to even, you know, get their attention. And so, and they also knew that when they heard that there was a, whatever, alarm or something that went off and if they didn't get out the, the doors would lock until the next day so they didn't want to get in stay in there with the with the with the crazy people all night long and neither would you and so anyhow so they they, they started uh, uh he started uh, preaching a message and uh, this one guy came up and and he spoke to him in perfect english and he said i want to get to know jesus i want to receive jesus and she was just kind of startled, and, but he, he took him off to the side, and he led him to the Lord. And, and then he said they came running because there was a, a commotion. He said lots of noise, and they came from the other room and said, Phil, come here, come here. And so he came in, and it was, it was obviously somebody who was demon-possessed. How many of you feel very comfortable in those situations? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so neither did they, but, but what, I, what I picked up from what he did, he said, he said, I just stood back and watched for a while. And he said, I checked my heart. And he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And he said he felt he said he stood there for a while and he said he felt impressed by the Lord to go over and hold on to the guy just praying tongues. And of course you have to understand that you know these people in there was also three psychiatrists that was in there too in their white gowns and they're just watching this whole thing go down. And so Phil goes over and he starts to to pray in the Holy Ghost. And he prayed, and, and, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he said, I, I can't remember how long he said, but he said that he knew when it was, this is done. And he said, in the name of Jesus, you come out of him. And he said he could hear, he, said, he wasn't sure if others could hear, but he could hear those spirits inside. They're just like, we have to go. We don't want to go, but we have to go. And so where do we go? And he says, I could just commanded them to go into a deserted place, just go. And he said they left the man, and, uh, and he was completely delivered. But what, what, what I walked away from, it's, it's, it's great he got delivered and everything, but he, he checked his heart. He didn't just go and do something he had done before, you know, or, or just, you know, well, I saw this done. No, he checked with the Spirit of God on the inside of him. How do I handle this situation? And we need to, we need to walk with the Lord that way because Jesus walked with his Father that same way. He said, I don't do anything. Unless I hear my father say it or he shows me what to do. And I think we've, we might have gotten a little bit away from that because we figured out, well, this is how faith works. Yes, there are some principles that will always work, but you cannot put those into practice without you checking with the Holy Spirit. You check in because there's a lot of things that you don't know about their situation. There's a lot of things that you don't know about how they got to that point. You don't know anything about what's going on in their heart, but he does. You can save yourself a lot of time by checking with the Holy Ghost. Because last I checked, he knows everything. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Relationship. Hallelujah. And I have many more uh, scriptures here that that shows us. uh, In John 5 and verse 30, I'm just going to read this real quick. Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own. I judge as as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. (laughs) Hallelujah. That'll preach. Praise the Lord. I'm going to leave it right there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In John 8 and verse 28, it says, So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Praise the Lord. In John chapter 15, I'm going to read from verse 1. Jesus says this, I'm the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branch that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. And you've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot bear fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Hallelujah. So apart from him, we can do nothing, but when we walk with him, we will see his power manifest in our lives and in the lives of other people. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me go on. There's so, I have a lot of scriptures here. Praise the Lord. But just so that you know many of you, you know, or some of you, may, might, might not have heard this, and that's why I read a lot of the background here, too, because it might be new to you, you know, and, and I want you to get it. I want you to understand. I don't want to just, just think that, well, they know, because maybe, maybe you do know, maybe you have forgotten, or maybe you have never heard, you know, so I like to cover all those bases. It's better to hear a little bit too much word than not enough, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. And so in John chapter 14, all this is right before Jesus, you know, went to the cross and left them. And in verse 16, he says, and I will pray to the Father. This is the new King James. And I'll pray to the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Hallelujah. So he told them, I'll send the Holy Ghost. And then in 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 Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse 4. Jesus said, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So he didn't suggest it would be a good idea for you to wait in Jerusalem. No, he commanded them, don't depart until. Didn't he? He said, don't you go anywhere until. And he had actually, he had already told them when he ascended on high, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? But he said, before you do that, he said, wait for the promise of the father. And so in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Holy Ghost came, and he's been in the earth since that time. They were baptized in the Holy Ghost, and if you notice, all of them got their own flame. So when you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, you got your own flame. Did you know that? (laughs) You got your own fire that you have to stir up, that you have to do something with. You know, if you haven't prayed in the Holy Ghost since you got baptized in the Holy Ghost, then you you might have to reconsider and do some praying in the Spirit. Because the thing is that all of these things that I've actually been talking about, you won't move into any of that unless you pray in the Holy Ghost. Because it's all going to be by the impression of the Holy Spirit. It's all going to be by His help. You can't even pray as you ought in Romans 8, verse 26, that you can't even pray As you ought to pray. It doesn't say you can't pray. But it says you can't pray as you ought to pray unless he helps you. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so we need to pray in the Holy Ghost every day. Every day. You know, we're we're, we're, we're in an hour that I don't think you can get away with a whole lot anymore. You might have been able to coast along for a while, but we're getting to a point where you're not going to be able to get away with it anymore. You're going to get serious about what God has called you to to do, and that looks different for all of us, and nobody knows what that looks like for you but you. And the only way that you can find out what that looks like for you is to spend time with Him. You're in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says that He has actually planned your whole life out for you. Good works, He planned them out beforehand that you should walk in them. So for the Christian, it's not about you just learning about how, how faith works and how to live a, 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 a victorious life. No, it's about finding out what did God put me on the planet to do. Because he's the one who placed you in the body just as he chose. Because he knows more than you do what's in you. He knows more than you do all the ability that he's put in you. And some of you have tapped into a little bit of it, and some of you haven't tapped into it at all. But we can. And it's going to be as the Holy Ghost shows us and reveals to us what He has called us to do. That's the only place we're going to be truly happy. It's the only place where we're going to truly feel fulfilled. I know how, how this works because I was, I was working offshore. I had a job. It was paying good. I, I loved the work. I traveled the world. It was fun. I enjoyed the guys I worked with. It was great, but there was something missing on the inside. So if people looked at me on the outside, hey, he's got it pretty good. He's got it. Yeah, he's got it made. But no, I didn't have it made. I had tapped into some of the grace of God on my life. Can you hear me now? Some of the grace on my, God, on my life, but I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. Did you know that you can use the grace that God has put in your life to do something that it was not meant for? Oh, this will preach. <coughs> Praise the Lord. And so, the only way that you can find out is spend time with him. And I, was, I would be in, in services where the Holy Spirit was present. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> maybe I need to go to Bible school. And I was like... I get out of there, it's like, nah, I can't do that. I got all this stuff going on. I have my job, you know, I'm going to just walk away from this. You got the point, right? So we made some adjustments, praise the Lord. And we can all make those, and we probably have to make those through our whole lives. Hallelujah. Wow, it's 8 o'clock. Praise the Lord. Well, um... (laughs) We've covered a lot of ground, and I think that I've gotten across, you know, what what the Lord wanted me to get across tonight, you know, about prayer. Uh, We we can't uh, take it lightly. It'll just frustrate us if we do. It'll frustrate us because we won't see what we want to see. And we'll always hear about revival we'll hear about, you know, what God does in other people's lives, and then we'll feel like we're coming short. Well, it's it's just because we haven't spent the time and gotten used to listening to him because he wants to use everybody. Actually, he needs to use everybody, you know, to get the job done. Did you know that? He needs us all to get the job done. You know, it's just not going to be... Because the thing is, you know, it's, it's, it's enough for one man to stand in the gap. Yes, for, 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 for this, this, this one situation right now. But there's many situations. And I know the Holy Ghost can be amazing and he can work out many things. But God needs people that are willing and that will give up their time. And a lot of times we think, well, we don't have time. Well... uh uh, just maybe you need to sit down and 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 check your priorities and and find out do i have to do all this you know is all this supposed to be at the top of the list or or should i rearrange a little bit here so that i can give god some time hallelujah and you will find that when you give him some time then he will redeem your time because he needs people he needs people that will take time for his stuff And if you will take time for his stuff, then he will redeem time. He will will help you navigate this other stuff. And he will actually add to you so that he can use you. He just needs people. He needs you and me. Hallelujah. But I think the reason why the Lord is impressing this on us about prayer and and about his things is that because there's, there's so much that he has in store for us as a church and for you individually. And he needs us to just spend some time with him. And as we do, we're going to start to step into these things. And, and the thing is, it's the Holy Spirit that gives light regarding the things of God. You can never understand as you ought to understand without His help. It's impossible. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, I don't have time to get into that, but if you read that passage, you see that we've been given the Spirit of God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We don't even know what He gave to us when we were born again without His help. So we're just so dependent on Him. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to round it off. Right there. So we're going to pray, hallelujah, and then we're going to take up an offering, then we're going to go home. So thank you, Father, hallelujah. Father, we love you so very much. And we thank you, Father, hallelujah, for your holy written word. We thank you, Father God, that you gave us your Holy Spirit, hallelujah, to lead and guide us into all truth, to help us to navigate life, Hallelujah. To help us, Father, to do those things that please you, Father. To, to, to use us, Father God, to help others. And Father, I know that this message, Father, touched people's hearts. Hallelujah. It touched their hearts, Father, and Father. I ask, Father, that you will impart, Father, a desire, hallelujah, in everyone under the sound of my voice to pray. Put a desire in them, Father. Stir up. Kindu Prashta Kelendishti. Stir up undubu ridishta kadaba lando re. Whoa, stir up, Father. Indu rubushtu kiti bra kelende ridibakando rodobe. Oh, stir up in the kalanda rodobrodobrodoba da edistri. Halleluja. Ha. Stir up the gifts. Glory be to God. Why don't you pray with me for a while? stir up the gift gindubrashta kelendendrosto brocatolendristiketabrada the spirit of the living god lives in you undobrusto kedibalele indubrantarodo robostokedibandarasteketebre he lives in you ha ha brandesti oh oh the joy oh the joy that'll be yours Oh, when you yield to Him, hallelujah, oh, oh, the joy, hallelujah, oh, the joy, oh, the joy, oh, that you've been wanting, hallelujah, you've been looking, you've been looking. Oh, Kisto raba robondo kedista cabal You've been wondering why. Why? Why? Oh, because there's more. In the roba landaro deste, there is more. Ha, brosto kedendo batala bede. Oh, there is more. Ha, oh, ha. Oh, more, more, more. Hallelujah. Oh Rebindeshti Kitrus to Bratakindo Robelebinda Alelistri, there is so much more. Ha ha ha. Oh Estuku do thank you, Father, that burdens are falling off right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh in the ro casta bredeshtiki tubo rabah elendestri. Darkness is leaving. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Free to run. Hallelujah. Free to rejoice in the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Free. Glory be to God, free! Glory be to God, free! Hallelujah! Free, 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 free! Hallelujah! Free. rosto balanda Hallelujah! Yes, this freedom is something you can step into because it is your inheritance. Ha ha! Brento lo sto Ha ha brosh Oh, it is your inheritance because you're a child of the living God. Hallelujah. And He's placed it within you, everything that you need to live a life of freedom, to live a life of joy. Woo! To live a life of peace. Hallelujah. There's power in you to still the storm. Hallelujah. And as you yield, to the Spirit of Almighty God, and you pray, you will see and you will know the way. Hallelujah. You will be able to navigate those things that you couldn't see through quite, quite right. Yes, you'll be able to see it. Hallelujah. And now you can do it. Hallelujah. Confidently that you're walking in the right direction. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Oh, isn't he wonderful? Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you tonight. And we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That we can just follow you. Hallelujah. We can tuck up close behind you and follow you. Hallelujah. And we'll be walking in the light We'll be walking in your blessing. Hallelujah. will be a blessing to all those around us that need you. Hallelujah. And there are many. Oh, Father, we thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your indwelling, indwelling presence. Hallelujah. And may our lives bring you great glory, Lord Jesus. And bring many to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. I thank you for great light and great understanding of your will and your ways. Oh, I thank you, Father. We'll fulfill everything you've called us to do in grand style. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
1: We love you, we love you, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. Thank you, Father. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you have something to sing, Linda, you can go ahead. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Help her sing. you The praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. All praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. You're so good to us. Hallelujah. Well, you know, just because we wrap up the service doesn't mean that we have to step out of His presence, right? We can take it home. We can take it home with us. And, uh, you know, if you really enjoyed this, you might want to come back next
0: Wednesday. We're going to have a praise night. Praise and worship. Spend some time in His presence. It's amazing what God can do for you. Hallelujah. If you'll just give Him some time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're going to take up our offering before we leave here tonight.